1: Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into our third hour of our daily three-hour tour this Monday, September 27th. It's an honor to welcome to the show, welcome back to the show, the Maricopa County Attorney, Alistair Adele. She's been making a lot of news lately and been in the news a lot lately, and I thought it was time to check in with her. Alistair, welcome back to the show. How are you hanging
2: Hi, Seth. It's great to be here. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking.
1: Good. You bet. Thanks for making time for us. There's a lot to talk about, and let's start with personally because, you know, we live in a world where people, as just my previous guest was talking about, we sometimes think of the government as separate from the citizens in a Republican form of government, that's an error that's too much division. And we realize sometimes our government officials are, believe it or not, just like us and subject to some of the problems we all have and go through from time to time. Tell us about the last uh, month and a half for you, Alistair.
2: Well, that's a great question. And you know what? Yes, we're human just like everybody else, and we have our faults, And uh, but also um, are accountable to the people that elected us. So, um, you know, I really struggled this last year because I had a traumatic brain injury, which was obviously not fun. But um, thanks to the great doctors in our community at Barrows, I was able to make a full recovery. And, you know, I was on obviously medicine for that and um, and everything else. And I wish that um, I had a really good story about it. But people ask me about the fall in my house. And literally, I was just klutzy, and I really wish I had a better story for it. But <laughs>
1: no, we all fall. You we know, don't all have good stories. I take the point. I know. Yeah. I need yeah. to
2: create one. Yeah. I, I need a better story. That's you know. Joe Biden tried one. one, didn't, didn't he? Business. Didn't
1: wasn't wasn't Joe Biden something like his dog bit him getting out of the shower? Uh, you know that something. didn't I, that that may have sold in Toledo. I don't know if it sells in uh, Apache Apache Junction. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should have a, a submission contest <laughs> yeah. to, to name the story at yeah. this point, but. Uh. Um, You know, obviously, it was. A, it's been a rough year for all of us with COVID and shelter in place and all that. And you know, my coping habits got really out of control and very unhealthy. And I'm just really lucky and blessed that I've got such a great family and friends around me that were supportive of me and decided that, hey, I can't do this on my own and sought help and decided that it was time to be a better version of me for my family, my children, and. Obviously, our community, too. So I've embarked on a new lifelong journey.
1: Alistair, the, um, the thing I have heard, having spent a lot of time in uh, addiction prevention and recovery communities, has been um, the lesson that when you lose something or when you find that you have to work on something, the biggest gift and the best way to help yourself is to instruct, teach, educate help and enable others to get back on the path of um, of safety and health. I wonder what kind of words you might have for the community listening to you that wonders if they may be struggling or needs to look for certain signs of possible uh, concern. What's what's the message you would say to people who might need to start thinking about the road you went down or who are on that road where you are now? What would you just say if you had you know, the podium for, for a few minutes to talk to our community about these kinds of issues?
2: Wow, what a profound question. You know, um, I was always aware of the risks of um, alcoholism and eating disorders. I mean, I, I even battled an eating disorder when I was in my teen years. And, you know, I was raised going to Alateen and then Al-Anon, and I knew the warning signs. So I, I consider myself lucky in that regard. Mm-hmm. But even... With the background I had and the knowledge that I have, it, this disease still took a hold of me. Mm-hmm. And I think for anybody, whatever they're suffering from, whether it's a dependence on a substance, whether it's a mental health issue, whether it's abuse, that moment when you, it creeps into your head and think, Oh my gosh, I need to do something differently or I need to get out of here. Whatever that little thought might be that creeps in is to listen. And it can be terrifying, um, especially to talk to another person. Um, to verbalize it often makes it that much more real um, and painful. At the same time, it, it's liberating. Helps with um, accountability,
1: and, too, doesn't
3: it?
2: Oh, absolutely it does. And, you know, I'm, I'm in the business of holding people accountable. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if I can't hold myself accountable, how am I going to do my job effectively? And obviously that was, that was important to me. But the biggest thing for me was my family mm-hmm. and being able to look them in the eyes. And have them be proud of their wife and mom and daughter and, and my friends too. And it was time to make a change. And as you know, this is, it's not easy, but I just, I felt like this weight was lifted off of me.
1: Well, God bless you and congrats. Uh, you know, there's so much I, I, I want to say and so much I think a lot of the community wants to say. It's unfortunate what some of the community has said, Alistair. Um, unfortunate in the extreme. I remember certain times when certain other people in the public eye have made these kinds of statements and have come to grips in public with their private struggles or personal struggles. Maybe that's a better way to put it. I think of everyone from Betty Ford forward. There, 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 there typically has been an embrace, a good for you, at a girl, at a boy, we're there for you. Alistair somehow, um, you you, you you didn't get that good grace from a lot of quarters, a lot more quarters than normally would. And I think that's a sign of the political the political times we're in. But I wonder if you noticed that a little bit, too.
2: Well, it, I did. But let me start by saying the outpouring of support that I've had from text messages to emails, phone calls, even messages on Facebook um, has been incredible. And from both sides of the aisle. Now, we don't see some public statements in regard to that necessarily. There have been some. But the outpouring of support has been incredible, um, regardless of political party. I even had a former defendant who I prosecute back, I don't know, gosh, 10 years ago, reach out and just say they were thinking about me. Mm-hmm. Um, because recovering from any disease or ailment or addiction, and it was no socioeconomic class, doesn't care what your occupation is. Um, now, some of the criticism obviously is unfortunate. I don't like the fact that my elementary school children have overheard things. Luckily, they haven't seen the giant billboard that people paid a lot of money to erect. I want to talk
1: about that, to too. We're going to gonna get to that. Yes. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Um, you bet. But
2: by and large, people have been supportive. Those that haven't, um, you know, people are going to say what they're going to say. And It's unfortunate. Um, that we've had other people in public life have missteps that are far greater than mine and haven't owned up to it. Um, and they were, you know, given the opportunity to make amends and recover from it. But I, I can't control what people think or say about me. All I can do is, uh, keep being the best possible County attorney, wife and mom that I can be.
1: Well, that's right, and the best human being, and with the understanding that no one is perfect. I've always, when, whenever I give, um, I, I, I do more talks, Alistair, in my free time. I, you know, I spend a lot of time on these issues, particularly with our youth. I give more talks on prevention and recovery, but when I get into recovery rooms, I often will cite something Oscar Wilde said. I think our whole world could use a little dose of this, and it's the fact that um, – Every saint has a past just as every sinner has a future. And I don't mean to use the moral language around this of saint and sin. But the point being that the best of us, the best of us have, you know, have opportunities in front of us because we're going to fall. We're just going to. We're just going to. And that, you know, it might just take a little dose of humility for a few people to understand that while they're not on the hook this time, it could be them next time, and watch how people on the hook handle themselves. It's an extra burden for you. I know that. You're in the public eye, but people are going to watch you, right?
2: Uh, absolutely, and, and I understand that. I, I really do. Now, it's it's an unfortunate side effect of all this, um, but it's not going to keep me down, and I... Some of the folks that are saying such negative things and feeling such vitriol, on the one hand, I feel sad for them because they have so much hatred in their heart and nothing better to do, Um, but I guarantee that they're not seeing um, what really is behind me as a person, as a community member, um, and uh, a a leader in the criminal justice field. So it's a shame, but you know what? Like I said, um, I'm picking myself up and carrying on and surrounding myself. Uh, with wonderful, supportive people.
1: I have to go to a quick break. You can stay a while. You've been uh, generous with your time. I want to ask you about that billboard campaign Uh, and we'll explain it to the audience. I have an Arizona Republic story on it. I'll run by you and the group that's sponsoring it. I think it's really important when there are billboard campaigns. It's important to watch what's going on behind the scene. Where's the money coming from, and what is the motivation? We'll talk about that, and then if I can, some specific questions about how uh, you're going to uh, be running the office going forward. that okay? you good for a few more minutes with us after this commercial break? Absolutely. I'm Seth Leapson. She's Alistair Adele, our county attorney, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. It is a privilege to have with us Maricopa County Attorney Alistair Adele. Alistair, some people don't always know what the Maricopa County Attorney is. I often say it's what we call our district attorney. Is that fair enough or close enough?
2: Yeah. We call them county attorneys here in Arizona with our 15 counties, but it's the same thing. Yeah. And we actually are the third largest jurisdiction in the country behind Chicago and L.A.
1: No, it's a hugely important office, obviously, and, and, and when it comes to social and political issues uh, that go wrong in the sense of breaking of the law. Often it's your office that is the uh, the first to be involved with that. So we'll get into some of that in a moment. On the way there, I was shocked by the way the Arizona Republic wrote this up. Uh, you may have been less so, but it, it, it was shocking to me. There is some signage going on in Phoenix. There is a financed campaign that says, County Attorney Alistair Dell resign or be recalled and the arizona republic writes it up this way the campaign began two days after adele returned to the office after 19 days in rehab for alcohol abuse and an eating disorder the campaign has nothing to do with that the campaign is a far left organizational campaign that has no use for any kind of incarceration whatsoever that's my take i'll let you give yours
2: you know, there's there's always going to be groups that disagree with the job that I hold, um, you know, holding people accountable for crimes that are committed. And a lot of this has stemmed out of the protest cases that happened last summer in which we actually dismissed those charges.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I think it's important for people to also remember there is a big difference between the police officers having probable cause to arrest somebody for a crime committed and then looking at the legal proceeding side of things, where prosecutors have different standards that they have to prove in court beyond a reasonable doubt. They're two different things. Mm-hmm. And it's it's, um, it's disappointing that we can't um, move past this. I know that some, some of the protesters that were involved are very upset about this bill. They've been very active on social media. And and that's their right to do. Um, so hence, they, they took out this billboard, or, or one of the groups associated with them did, and... That's their right to
1: free speech. It certainly is, and good on you and good for you for not engaging in what the other side often does, which is shutting down and censorship. But I'm always interested in what's behind these campaigns, and the campaign with the billboard signage about you – is sponsored by an organization called Mass Liberation AZ. And I've been enough in this world to know how to research a group when it comes time to. Mass Liberation states on their homepage of principles, quote, the criminal legal system is the ultimate expression of punishment culture and custom. It upholds the social order of white supremacy, patriarchy, and capitalism, justice, segregation. This is an organization no county attorney will ever make happy so long as there is a jail or prison in the state, uh, Alistair.
2: Well, I, th- I think that's probably a fair assessment. And, and again, it's unfortunate. Um, but you know, obviously they're, they're very active on social media for their cause, and they want their voice heard. Um, so they're, they're obviously exercising that right. But I, I do firmly believe that we have to have accountability when crimes have been committed in our county. That's why we are our space and people want to move here. Talk
1: to me about that a little bit, because violent crime we read about is rising in all our cities and everywhere. I have seen stories. You can obviously clarify and know this a lot better than me. I have seen stories about violent crime rising in Phoenix. Uh, What 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 do we if it's true? Is it true? What do we attribute it to and what do we do about it? on a going forward basis.
2: Well, the unfortunate reality is that yes, we have seen an increase in crime and we believe that is largely due to shelter in place with COVID because we have seen a dramatic increase in crimes on children, sex crimes on children, abuse in the home. And unfortunately, our people like our mandatory reporters or teachers didn't have eyes on our children, those vulnerable children who have been abused, to report that. And once they started going back to school, we started seeing an uptick in this. We've also seen an increase in our homicide cases. So I think this is an unfortunate side effect of what happened during the pandemic of shelter-in-place. So we have seen an increase in those crimes, unfortunately.
1: It is interesting that you, in a position as the county attorney, and were watch- at, at, given given the first segment, we talked about the personal situation you found yourself in. It's kind of an interesting nexus to think about the connection between the mental health problems that were caused by COVID mitigation. And the rising crime, isn't it? It's 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 kind of it's kind of puts you in a unique position to perhaps understand it or address it from uh, some new lenses.
2: Yeah, it absolutely does. I mean, certainly, we all had our own experiences with COVID and the impacts of it across all of our lives, and it changed how we do things and changed the lens of how we look at things going forward. Um, in the criminal justice arena, I can tell you that. It was actually also an opportunity for us because I firmly believe that those who want to do better and be better should be given the opportunity to do so, which is why for certain low-level offenses to reduce recidivism of people that might be breaking into your house or my car that have a substance abuse issue or or a mental health issue, that we get them the treatment that they need to be back and working and contributing members of, of our society And we do that through diversion programs that are scientifically based.
1: The diversion programs are really interesting here. A lot of people still unfamiliar with them. I think Arizona is actually one of the leaders in it, in helping people um, clear their records and clear their their problems uh, through going through these kinds of diversion programs. One of the other aspects that I think is important to think about, you tell me if and when I'm wrong, is how prosecutors, as much as police understand that um, mental health is perhaps the greatest driver. You tell me if I'm wrong about this, is the greatest driver. uh, Mental health problems are the greatest driver of a lot of the problems that will end up in your office as much as they will end up in a call to 911. Undiagnosed mental health issues are a real problem in this country, I think.
2: It, they are, absolutely, along with um, substance abuse as well, which oftentimes is a coping mechanism for mental health, as you know. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that we take seriously, um, again, to make sure that people are getting the services they need. Um, they are evaluated um, even when they're put onto probation or into diversion to see what are their, their needs, what are their comorbidetic needs. Because ultimately, while somebody is accepting responsibility and they are accepting punishment, we want to make sure that they are put on the right path to success. Too. That's our duty as a society. And again, we want to reduce recidivism and people coming into the system. So we have to take a real look at mental health. And again, that's one of the reasons why we also focused on um, diversion so that we can keep people employed um, and, you know, again, being there for their families, keeping families together, things like that, because we have an obligation to look at that for those that want to do better and also focus our resources on the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. And they're out there. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Alistair, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your uh, personal journey publicly so that it can help others. And uh, Godspeed to you and your office. We need both of you. Thank you. You betcha. We'll talk again soon. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Little Jersey boys, there for you. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. I always um, feel impelled in having discussions about substance abuse, recovery, and prevention, whenever I do talks with the culture and the community in recovery, I think it's important to note how heroic it is to maintain sobriety because what you're effectively doing, people in recovery know this, people not less so. What you're doing is you're fighting your nature every single second. You're fighting your nature. If someone rises up and says, for example, uh, I'm an alcoholic, there's a reason they're saying that. And the reason they're saying that is not necessarily that that's the most important thing about them, but that is an important thing about them. And it is them. And they're fighting it every day. And it's really hard. And the success stories are great. As I said, they're heroic, and there's a ton to learn from them. But it's really hard. And if you look at the statistics of long-term recovery, they're not good. They're not good. And that's why I work so hard in the prevention field. That's why I work probably doubly hard or triply hard in the prevention field. Better to, to not start than deal with it after the fact. Somewhere, I forget. It's attributed to a lot of different people. I've seen it attributed from every to uh, everyone from Frederick Douglass to Nelson Mandela and C. S. Lewis. I think it's mostly Frederick Douglass. But it's easier to train a young man than to save an old one. Doug's in Maricopa. Hello, Doug.
4: Hi. how you doing, Seth?
1: Good. How
0: are
4: you, sir? Well, I'm doing good. Rumor has it that uh, you were called the smartest man in the valley. No. I would like to- <laughs> That's fake.
1: That is fake news. I mean, my God, yeah. <laughs> Doug.
4: I, You've listened. I, my, if you my, listen my to yourself
1: only- or fellow callers, you'll know that can't be true. <laughs>
4: Well, I'm just hoping you have a really, really long shadow because I'm not even sure if I make it into your shadow. But, uh, <laughs> great building.
1: Here. I yeah. learned from you guys. The re- Do you know why I like coming here every day? I'm one of these nerds that never left college, in in a sense, uh, uh, metaphorically speaking. I love to learn. I love to learn. And I don't come here every day being all excited to get here thinking, I can't wait to say X. Bill will tell you there are plenty of times it's 10 to 3, and I don't know what I'm going to say. I just right. can't wait to get here and learn from you all truly. I mean it that's what keeps me going. I love listening to you guys. I
4: love learning from you well i I appreciate that uh, you know you're you're on the show and you're not sure what you're gonna say. I've been in business meetings with that same feeling, not sure what I'm gonna say so we have something very closely in common um hey quick thing I want I want to compliment Alistair. I mean what what a woman of great courage um I have uh, a tree uh, hit me when I was in college broke shattered uh, four vertebrae. So I'm in constant pain and I've had shoulder replacements, two hip replacements and that kind of thing because they the busted up, you know. And so I can get all the painkillers I need uh, to handle it, but I don't. I have them there only when, you know, it, uh, you know, because pain can be pretty crippling. It gets mentally exhausting. But I still uh, do more work and more activity than most people that are doing just fine. I say that because I was truly blessed because I have the availability because of my condition to, um, have access to painkillers. I have apps. They don't affect me that way. I hate them, you know, because I have a revulsion to them. Um, but that is not true for most people. And so for most people to have an addiction, I've seen family members, um, and friends that have to battle it, and it is a cross to bear. Can you hold uh, that
1: thought? This is some of the most important stuff. I'd love to carry you over, and I have some other callers on this similar point as well from all over the place. Goodyear, Phoenix, Scottsdale, 602-508-0960. We have no one from Ajo. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. One of my all-time favorite songs. My gosh, Patty Loveless. Really, that's a poem in that song. Hurt me bad in a real good left. Me, hurt me bad in a real good way. Doug in Maricopa, thank you. You were talking. Uh, you were talking with us a little bit about recovery uh, when we were heading right back into the uh, heading into the commercial. Go ahead, sir.
4: Yeah, you know, I like I was saying um, because you know I was talking to the doctor and he just said I was really blessed that i don't have that reaction uh you know to the uh opioids and um, but it is not willpower i like to think i can stay i I always considered my curse of pain being in pain constantly um as a as a real god-sent blessing because it has forced me to act in a life of principle Um, I cannot act according to how I feel because I always feel like I want to rip your face off Mm -hmm. because I'm in pain constantly. Mm -hmm. So you have to operate and deal with people and situations within a framework of principle. And I consider that a real blessing. Mm It made me a better and stronger person. Mm -hmm. And like I said, even with that uh, constant pain, and uh, like i said uh, you know i I have a lot of things that have been replaced because of the shattered nerves and uh, shattered joints and everything else but i consider that awesome because i I, even with that i can stay more active and uh, work harder and be more positive than people that don't have that challenge because they haven't had the challenge themselves but i'm just saying with the painkillers it is not that willpower that i've developed it is not that. It is just something I have. That is not my cross to bear.
3: Mm-hmm. And the
4: doctors have even told me that, that, you know, that you're just blessed not to have that.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I have dear friends that have fallen to it. I have a father-in-law who has uh, pain and spinal problems, and he has uh, battles it constantly. He can't survive without it, but it is something that haunts him. Mm. And because he is the opposite, his body craves it. And so it is something that very good, noble people, people of tremendous character and, tr- and still can fall prey to it. And mm-hmm. it, it, for her to do that publicly is just what God, what a woman. of
1: courage. Oh, yeah. No, think of think of the difference uh, in in times. If I, I mean, no, I mean, no slander here. I'll correct myself if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. That shortly after he died, it was disclosed that the chief justice of the Supreme Court, William Runquist, had a, had an addiction going on to painkillers for right. yeah. some time. Yeah. So, yeah, um, of course, of course, as, as Alistair said, as you said, this is an issue that doesn't know race. It doesn't know culture. It doesn't know bank account. Uh, it doesn't know zip code. Some people are more yeah. fortunate than others when it comes to this, but you never really know.
4: No, and, and I think we got to remember it's not character per se, like I'm the man. Oh I'm no,
1: I, I don't okay. make it a character okay. issue. Look, I yeah. I, I no. think I yeah. think the first look there's, I've always thought that the first time someone may abuse a substance, it's volitional, which is why again right. I'm in prevention. Right.
3: Right. <laughs> because the right. second time Go it may not crazy. be,
1: the third time it may yeah. not be, the fourth time it may, yep. may not be, and the fifth time you okay. could die. You know, yes. or any variation okay. on that theme.
4: Yes, I, I totally, Seth. It's, you know, and that's what just breaks your heart because men, uh, this man who has willpower and has led an exemplary life
3: uh, has
4: that, but he, he still needs it because of the pain he's actually in. He's been to Mayo Clinic, he's been to everything, that, and they can only do so much. And, uh, but it, it's given me such respect for the people that have the courage to do that. And and to be able to fight it, because I've seen people of perfect character uh, fall to it. And I always, someone asked me how I do it, and I'm just glad, I'm lucky. I'm not a better person, because I always feel like I'm dancing with the devil, because when I have to do it, and I'm crippled, and I just can't function, at some point your mind gets exhausted from the pain. And and you have to do that. Um, I I feel like it's soul-sucking, but it's just, I can Take one or two and have no problem and maybe not touch it again for months. And I'll just suffer through as much as I can. Other people will take two and they're gone. And that's their biochemistry. Like I said, you know, and so I was actually going to call about the other thing about the, uh, you know, the narrative of the racial thing in there. But I think this uh, almost trumps that. It certainly does.
1: It certainly does. I think it's a much big uh, it may be one of the biggest un un unexamined issues in our country it yeah. certainly is race yeah. does not and, suffer from a, a lack down, of examination
4: we yeah we 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 can't look down on someone who's fallen like this to me it's the courage of coming back yep um like i said uh, why they fall is not because of their um sometimes it's their lack of uh you know morality and they just want pure pleasure mm-hmm. but for many it's something that they needed and then it consumes them. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, it is not the fall that I, I look at with disdain. It is the comeback that I just admire so with courage. Because for, for someone like me to resist it it, is, it, it says nothing, because it didn't consume me.
3: Mm-hmm. And
4: that's not because of who I am. It, it But to for someone that has fallen and comes back and is open and honorable about it, no, that's just something.
1: To well, somebody. yeah, and that if you can help different. someone else, that's the point, isn't it? I mean, some people that's go it. through yeah. these dark nights of the soul, but I think at the end of the day, anyone who is gripped by addiction and gets into recovery realizes that the reason yeah. this happened to them is that they they, they can yeah. help someone yeah. else. That's, that's really yeah, the only reason. If there is a reason, that's yeah, well, the only one I can see.
3: Yeah.
4: yeah, yeah, and you just hope that they get help before they – uh, Gets so far down the rabbit hole that some of the um, some of the effects are permanent. But just let Alistair know, man, what a woman of courage!
1: I will know? do. What a and woman! She's probably courage. hearing you now. Thank you, Doug. Thank you much. Yeah. Bless you. Daniel is in good year. Hello, Daniel. Oops, we lost Daniel. We'll go to mm, Dana. Call me back tomorrow. This is a big story. The governor of New York is now. Replacing hospital workers who refuse to get vaccinated to replace them with the National Guard. Love the National Guard. It's not their purpose. Love a lot of governors. Not this one. Love a lot of states. New York's hard to love right now. Remember that old heart sign, the ad campaign for New York City? It's kind of got one of those Ghostbusters slashes through it now, I should think. We'll be right back with some concluding thoughts. If we uh, didn't get a chance to get to you today, please call back tomorrow. Let us know. We'll put you right to the top. This story is breaking. Boy, it puts me in mind of things. Do you remember the uh, Barack Obama birthday party with all the ridiculous statements about COVID sanctity and how... It was a maskless jamboree. It was all leaked by one of the invitees, a musician whose works I don't really know. I hadn't heard of her before. I'm sure she's popular. Erica Badula. She's the one who took the selfies and who took pictures and distributed them because she was bragging about being on the invite list, of course. And she later apologized to Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. I postulated at the time the question, why was she invited in the first place? Why was she invited in the first place? Aside from her music, which I don't know when I looked her up, the thing she's most known for is defending another musician named R. Kelly. Now, the breaking news today is a federal jury in New York found R&B superstar R. Kelly guilty of leading a racketeering enterprise that prosecutors said spanned decades using his entourage to recruit women and underage girls for sex reading the Wall Street Journal. The jury found him guilty of all nine counts. Why are we bringing in musicians whose stock and trade is defending this nonsense? I thought that, you know, you think about how selective your birthday list has to be, but there's room for that. There's room for that. I was just thinking about a lot of the... Not that. I was thinking about the Alistair interview and the subsequent calls to it. And... uh, I was thinking about a line from Ernest Hemingway. The world breaks everyone. Our task is to remain strong in the broken places. The world breaks everyone. Our task is to be strong in the broken places. Thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. Make of yourself for God a pleasant habitat in which to dwell.